following homily was adapted from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's sermon, The Government Upon the Shoulders of the Child, originally delivered on Christmas Day in Eastern Germany, 1940. Here a child, born into the midst of world history, has put to shame the wisdom and efforts of the strong. A child, born of a human mother, a son given by God. That is the secret of the salvation of the world. All the past and all the future is here encompassed. The unending comfort of the Almighty God comes to us, humbly in the form of a child, his son. That this child is born for us, given for us, that this human child, God's son, belongs to me, that I know him, have him, love him, that I am his and he is mine, means that now my life depends only on him. A child has our life in his hands. How shall we deal with such a child? Have our hands, soiled with daily toil, become too hard and too proud to fold in prayer at the sight of this child? Has our head become too full of serious thoughts to be thought through and problems to be solved that we cannot bow our head in humility before the wonder of this child? Can we not forget all our stress and struggles, our sense of importance, and for once worship the child, as did the shepherds and the wise men from the east, bowing before the divine child and the manger like children? Can we not be like the aged Simeon who took the child in his arms and saw the fulfillment of all his waiting and in this moment recognized the fulfillment of our whole life? It is truly a strangely moving sight when a strong, proud man bows the knee before the child and with childlike heart finds and honors this divine child as his savior. Certainly it must blow the mind, perhaps give rise to wicked laughter when there is heard in this old, clever, experienced world of ours, so sure of its knowledge, this proclamation of salvation by Christian believers, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. That the government of all the world shall lie upon the weak shoulders of this newborn child, this one thing we know, these shoulders will one day bear the weight of the whole world. With the cross, all the sin and the sorrow of this world will be laden upon these shoulders, but his authority will remain. He will not break under the burden, but bring it through triumphantly. The government which lies upon the shoulders of, this, of the child in the manger consists of the patient bearing of humanity's burden and its guilt. The bearing of this burden begins in the manger, begins there where the eternal word of God took to himself human flesh and bore it. Precisely in the lowliness and weakness of the child is the beginning of his taking the government of all the world upon him. The head of the house indicates his government over the house by the key which he hangs over his shoulder. That shows that he has the authority to open or shut the door, to let people in or to show them out as he will. And that is also the way that the cross over his shoulder shows his authority as governor. He opens to those whose sins he forgives and he shuts out the proud. That is the nature of this child's government, that he receives the humble, the lowly and sinners, bearing their burden, but he rejects and brings to nothing the proud, the high and mighty, the self-righteous. Who is this child of whom prophet speaks and speaks and at the, whose birth heaven and earth rejoice? It is only with stammering tongues that we can speak his name or seek to describe what is embraced by this name. Words limp and stumble when they attempt to say who this child is. Yes, when human lips try to express the name of this child, strange word pictures emerge, which we do not know. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Every title in these words comes from unfathomable depths, and taken together, they try to encompass one single name, Jesus. This child is called Wonderful Counselor. 
In him, the wonder of all wonders has taken place. The birth of the Savior child comes out of the eternal counsel of God. God gave us his son in the human form of a child. God became man, the word became flesh. That is the wonder of God's love for us, and it is the unfathomable counsel of God which wins and delivers us. And because this child of God is uniquely wonderful counselor, he is therefore himself also the source of all wonder and all counsel. Anyone who recognizes Jesus as the Son of God, whose every word and every deed is a wonder, will find in him the profoundest and most helpful counsel in all times of trouble and questioning. Yes, before his lips can speak, he is full of wonder and full of counsel. Go to the child in the manger, and you'll find in him wonder upon wonder, counsel upon counsel. This child is called Mighty God. The child in the manger is none other than God himself. Nothing greater could be said. God becomes a child. In the Jesus child of Mary dwells Almighty God. Just take that in for a moment. Don't speak. Don't think any further. Stand quietly and wait before this statement that God has become a child. Here, he is poor like us, wretched like us, and helpless like us, a child of flesh and blood like us, our brother. And yet, he is God, almighty God. Where is the divinity, where is the power of this child? It is in the divine love by which he becomes like us. His pitiable condition in the manger is his power. In the power of love, he overcomes the chasm between God and man, powerfully overcoming sin and death. He forgives sin and raises from the death dead. Kneel low before this pitiable manger, before this child of poor people, and speak in faith with stammering tongue the words of the prophets, Almighty God, and he will be your God and your power. Everlasting Father, how can this be the name of the child? Only if the everlasting fatherly love of God is revealed in this child, and that this child will do nothing other than bring the love of the Father to the earth. In this way, the Father and the Son are one, and he who sees the Son sees the Father. This child will do nothing of himself. He is not a wonder child in the human sense, but an obedient child of his heavenly Father. At the time of his birth, he brought eternity to earth. As Son of God, he brings to us all the love of the heavenly Father. Go then to the manger to seek and find the everlasting Father who has now become also your loving Father. Prince of Peace. Where God comes to people in love to join with them, peace is established between God and humankind, and also among ourselves, person to person. If you are afraid of the wrath of God, go to the child in the manger and let him give you the peace of God. If you are in strife and hatred with your neighbor, come and see how God, out of his great love, has dealt with your neighbor and will reconcile you both. In the world, power rules. This child is the Prince of Peace, where he is... Peace rules. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, this is what we say at the manger in Bethlehem. Our words are confirmed by a glance at the divine child. We try to grasp in phrases what is contained for us in this name, Jesus. Basically, these words are no more than the unspoken silence of a worshiper in face of the inexpressible reaction to the presence of God in the human form of a child. We have heard of the birth and the names of the divine child. Now we can finally hear something about his kingdom. Verse 7. The government of this poor child will be great. It will encompass the whole earth. All generations until the end of time will serve him whether they know it or not. His will, be, his will, his will be a rule over the hearts of all humankind. 
Thrones and great kingdoms will be strengthened or broken by this power. The unseen, loving rule of this divine child over human hearts will be more firmly grounded than the visible and shining might of earthly lords. And ultimately, all governments on earth must serve the rule of Jesus Christ over all humankind. Despite all the hostility against it, this government will become greater and more firmly based. With the birth of Jesus, the great kingdom of peace has broken in. Is it not a wonder that when Jesus has become Lord of, over all humankind, then peace rules? Is it not a wonder that the whole earth becoming Christian means that peace is in the midst of this world? Only when one does not allow Jesus to rule, then obstinacy, defiance, and hatred express themselves continuously, and there can be no peace. Jesus will not establish his government of peace by force, but only when people submit to him freely and allow him to rule over them. Then he gives to them his wonderful peace. When today, once again, Christian people are torn apart by war and hate, yes, when even Christian churches cannot come together, that is not the fault of Jesus Christ, but the fault of people who will not allow Jesus to rule over them. This does not mean that the promise is not fulfilled. Peace will have no end when the divine child rules over us. Jesus Christ will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, verse 7. It is no longer a worldly throne, nor a worldly kingdom as it once was, but a spiritual throne and a spiritual kingdom. Where is the throne and kingdom of Jesus? It is present there with his word and sacrament, ruling and governing in the church and among his worshipers. In his kingdom, Jesus rules with justice and righteousness. His justice does not leave unscathed the congregation of believers. No, precisely on them, he executes his strongest judgment, and those who are really his people do not seek to avoid it, but bow before it. Jesus can only give a new righteousness once he has judged the sin. His kingdom shall be a kingdom of righteousness, but that cannot be established by us judging ourselves. It must be divine judgment of our sin. It will be the strength of this kingdom that it rests upon justice and righteousness. This kingdom will continue because justice, the unfulfilled longing of mankind, is made possible with the birth of the divine child. We are called to his kingdom, we can find that if, in the church, among the congregation of believers, we accept, accept the word and sacrament of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we accept his rule over us, if we recognize the child of the manger as our savior and deliverer, deliverer, allowing him to give us the new life of love. From that time on means from the birth of Jesus and forever this kingdom will last. Who can vouch for this, that the storms of world history will not shatter it and bring it to naught like all other kingdoms? The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. God's zeal for this will guarantee it that this kingdom shall remain forever. It will, in the end, bring down all human guilt and all resistance. Whether we are there or not, it will arrive. God himself lays his plans and reaches his objectives with us or against us. But he wants us to be with him, not by compulsion, but willingly. God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus that is the mystery of this holy night. For to us, a child is born. To us, a sign is given. I believe that Jesus Christ, truly man, born of a virgin, and also truly God, born of the Father in heaven, is my Lord. <laughs>